All right, good morning, Community Church. If you're tuning in online or watching us a week later, a couple weeks later, bless you. I believe God's going to do something today. You know, whenever the presence of God shows up, it is a potential life-changing moment. This is what blind Bartimaeus knew implicitly. So when he was in his typical spot begging, and he heard that Jesus was passing by, it, it filled him with the hope that his life could be significantly different from this point forward. And, and he was not disappointed. But it took him leaning in. He had to get the attention. It's not enough that Jesus is passing by. The question is, is Jesus going to notice you? Are we pulling on Jesus with faith and hunger? So we say this morning, there's an opportunity in front of us for more of God. So God, we say we want more of you today. We pray that as we worship, as we sing these simple songs, that our hearts would reach through the veil into heavenly places and pull on the provision that you've made for us. God, we say in Jesus' name. And for those who don't know how to pull, Father, we pray the overflow of our faith and our worship would give them a sense of the reality of who you are and your imminent, imminent presence hovering over this place. Let's worship him. Years ago when I was in Bible school, one of my professors, he said uh, he was trying to give us a different picture of revival. And he said, revival is when you're, in, you're totally in control of your worship and your emotions aren't. He says, you can start on a dime and you can stop on a dime. And at the time, I was greatly driven by emotions. <laughs> Feeling like worshiping was very important to me. It was the catalyst for everything. And so uh, I didn't understand it at that time. But we're going to exercise that principle today. Happened to be in a church in uh, Castle Rock, Den uh, Colorado, a few weeks ago. They had a three and a half hour service. So we're going to have a three. No, we're not. <laughs> but I like the idea of giving God real time. And uh, I didn't realize they did that every Sunday. And it's a large church. A, a large church. And things are done excellently. So I was a little surprised at the, the mix of everything that went on. But what they did is they worshipped for about 45 minutes. Then they stopped and did announcements. And then they worshiped for another hour and a bit. <laughs> and so one of the problems we always have is when we go so deep into the spirit and, you know, angels begin to ascend and descend and there begins to be this vortex of God's presence. And then we got to do announcements before we go into 
prophesying and preaching and the rest of that. And it's kind of an awkward break. So we're going to change things up today. And Paul's going to come. We're going to do announcements right there. And then really give ourselves to worship the Lord and see what unveils this morning. All right. You know, we had, we had some miracles some years ago. And I remember particularly one couple who was, was barren and had, uh, you know, tried and had been unsuccessful in so many ways. And at one of our Glory of the Father's House conferences, they got prayed for and prophesied over, and there was a miracle. You know, we don't deny the challenges we have, and we don't accept them either as normal. You know, it says that there was none barren in Israel. When they were going through the wilderness, not one. There was no one barren. I mean, the soles of their shoes didn't even wear out. And not one had a hemorrhoid. That, that's normal. What's normal is what God did in the midst of them. Listen, this is what we need to be shooting for. And sometimes it's, it's painful to even talk about or, or even think about the things that you're going through. And you do feel alone. And you do feel sometimes hopeless. And sometimes the best thing is not to hope at all. But I don't think that's the answer. And this group that Raina's bringing, it's going to bring comfort. But we want it to bring hope as well. So I'm going to ask somebody to come and... Uh, somebody. <laughs> to, we're gonna, well, I was going to pray, but he wants to pray. So let's, let's do this. Yeah, so just agree with me on this. God, we, we desire to be a house of healing. We desire to be a place where when people walk in the doors, that the, this stuff falls off them, Lord, that barrenness falls off them, Lord. Ah, we want healing in this house, God. We want wholeness in this house. God, we desire it. We have faith for it. And we desire you, Father. Amen. For 2,000 years, heaven has been looking for an expression of the church that says, come. The spirit and the bride say, come. The reason that Jesus turned over the tables in the temple was not because there was an exchange of money, but because the main priority was being overlooked. My house is meant to be a house of prayer for all nations. That means a place of intercession where we're doing exactly what we're doing now, where we're engaging with the machinery of the kingdom of heaven coming to the earth, where we on earth are doing our part, where we're saying, Lord, come, Lord, come, Lord, come, Lord, come, where we're not just celebrating emotionally, ceremonially, liturgically, disconnected from heaven, but we are literally engaging in releasing heaven on earth. This is what church actually is. I'm going to release, we're going to continue for a few minutes. I'm going to release our speaker to host this next few minutes, and we'll see how we transition, but stay in the spirit. Rashaki. I saw the angel of the Lord walk into this room. The angel's name is Expectation. Expectation. Expectation is in the room. 
the Lord would say, hey, you. Okay, so when that happens, it's just a little download, okay? Don't get distracted by what the Holy Spirit is doing in the room. And so this issue of barrenness, we've seen time and time and time again, the Spirit of God plant a seed in a womb of a lady. You see, what happened in the garden was very simple. The devil went after the womb of man. And so I believe today that God wants to demonstrate something, a sign and a wonder in community church. I believe that when Jesus is invited into the bedrooms, into the bedrooms, that there will be a seed of life that is given. So part of intercession is the legality of our standing with Christ. Prayer is a legal term. It is to demonstrate and not just declare the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Stay with me. We might be here all day just like this, okay? I'll try to keep it under seven hours. And so what God has called me to is to legislate. You see, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We've misinterpreted the most famous verse in all of history. It's on football players' helmets. It's on billboards everywhere. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That who should ever um, acknowledge him should not die but have everlasting life. That word, um, for God so loved the world, is cosmos. Cosmos. It's not about your personal salvation. Now, the kingdom of God is like a diamond with many facets, but one point. It's to restore that which was lost in the garden. Amen? Well, what was lost in the garden? The ability to rule and reign with him. The ability to be in an atmosphere to co-create. I don't want to lose this atmosphere because we're going to create something with the Father. Okay, so when the word says... So I was asking the Lord, man, I've longed to bring a word to preach in this church. Why? Because there's a maturity and you can go into the places where the governance of God happens. That is an atmosphere. See, when God put man in the garden, he put him in an environment. He put him in an atmosphere. And he said, you are my image. Now subdue this. That word subdue means to govern. To govern. So when God says, I sent my son into the earth, it is to govern the earth. So that's what we're going to do this morning. In an atmosphere of worship, we're going to co-create and bring that which is in heaven, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven to earth. Intercessors have prayed this for millennia. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, why isn't our prayer being answered? Because it doesn't align legally with the heart of the Father. So God sent His Son into the world, the cosmos, to, to bring order. The problem in the garden was this. We ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's a religious system. It's a religious system. So Adam traded his covenantal promise with God. Covenant isn't a promise. Covenant is a binding contract. And he traded it and got into a contract with the devil. 
It didn't mean that we stopped subduing the earth. It meant that we had toil in it. The point is, is that we're going back to the garden. Well, what's the garden? What is the garden? The word Eden is the presence. You can't do anything without being in the presence. You can't. So your salvation, yes, it's important. It's not the point of the kingdom. See, I was going to preach all about the kingdom. Jesus came to preach the kingdom. That's the father's business. That's where our sons and daughters. That word son is, ready? Mature ones. See, in my mind, I thought a son meant you were lesser than. No, it doesn't mean. A child needs to have everything spoon-fed for them and taken care. We move from being a child to a son. And when we become a son, we mature and we rule and reign. The word kingdom is very simple. A king and a dumb. A dumb... What do you mean a dumb? It means to govern, it means to rule, and it means to reign. So this whole journey is not to satisfy the needs in your life. This whole journey is for that when you start to govern with the Lord, all of your needs will be taken care of. It says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. See, God is doing something. God is doing something in the land. God is raising up an ecclesia, a governing body. That's you and me. I was sent to Canada for one purpose, and one purpose alone is to establish the authority of the kingdom of God in this land. It is a legal legislative, and I didn't see it for the longest time. I was commissioned under something called the appeal to heaven, and my religiousness was like, was like, what? You're giving me a Christmas tree? That doesn't sound like a prophet to the nations or apostle of prayer to Canada. What is that? And it started to take me on a journey. It's a legislative journey. It's to legislate. He left. And he put you in charge. You see, one of the biggest problems with the church today is this idea that God is in control. He's not. Sovereignty. He is sovereign in heaven. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. He's sovereign there, but we're in what's called the kingdom of God. And we have to legally, legally apply what is happening in heaven, the heart of the Father, the will of the Father in heaven to earth. You see, part of our problem is this. We think the unseen world is like my hand over here, and the seen world is like over here. The kingdom of God is over here. The kingdom of heaven is over here. They're actually together. And so we have to stop thinking that the kingdom of heaven isn't here. What we have to realize is the kingdom of heaven is here, but we have to appropriate it to bring it into the earth, the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So that's what we're going to do this morning. For God so loved the world that he died. He gave his only begotten son, the manifestation of the father in the earth. The manifestation of flesh, Jesus. It's about covenant. Covenant isn't a promise. He restored that which is what Adam lost. What did Adam lose? The ability to stay in the presence and to rule and reign. See, we have work to do, saints. We have work to do. And we're going to do that here. In Jesus' name. I felt, I felt some blowback when he said... The will of God is not being done. 
This is what we need, we need to understand. The will of God is not automatically done. We are bringing the will of God. Everything that happens to you is not automatically the will of God because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God's will is that you would have life and have it more abundantly. That means there's a disconnect. The will of God doesn't always happen. That's why we are told, pray your kingdom come as on earth as it is in heaven. There's a progressive revelation of imposition of the kingdom of God on the earth through the church. This idea that, that God is, is, you know, everything that happens is automatically God is stealing our victory. It's stealing our faith. So we need to come up out of that. This is what he's talking about. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we renounce that, that passive stance that just takes it on the chin. That every time something happens to us, we just take it on the chin because it must have been God who willed this. No, we are contending for the will of God against the will of the spirit of death that is biting at our heels all the days of our life. Can you say amen? So God, make us effective in bringing your kingdom. This is caught. A grace is caught. It's received. See, we're... We learn how to be religious. We're not born religious. We learn it. You see, we go to churches, and we pick up things, and we come into a religious thing. In your native language, that's the language that you were given before the foundation of the earth. That's your tongues. Pray in tongues now. We're going after a shift in mindset. Kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. Come into the fullness of your identity. You know, two weeks ago, my identity was stolen. My bank card, all my my, um, digital information. You know, you can't do a thing without a visa. You can't do nothing. You can't rent a car. None of your bills get paid. And so when our identity... When our identity is stolen, we can't do anything. I feel like it's like the case of the stolen identity. But God would say the identity of the church to rule a reign is coming back. The ecclesia is arising. There is a remnant in this land, that will rule and reign with me. And so when I got all my, all my um, new bank card and everything back, it was like, it was a real pain. It was a real pain to establish my identity. I feel like this morning what God is asking us to do is to establish our identity. Our identity is sons. Our identity is sons. The kingdom of God is a family and we are sons. We are mature ones. We know how to legislate. How do we legislate? Does anybody know how we legislate? We legislate by worshiping. We legislate by praying. We legislate by decreeing. We legislate by declaring. You see, God gave the kingdom to us as heirs. We're not Christians. What? We are ambassadors. We are citizens from another place. And our whole role is this to enforce that which was purchased on the cross. It's to enforce it. 
the Lord took me. Some of you know that I'm part of a, some national revival, some national reformation. And the Lord took me into the Constitution of Canada. And he said to me, I went into the room. Now, this may be bizarre for some of you. I'm an intercessor and a prophet, so bizarre things happen to me all the time. He won't allow me to stay in the faculty of my mind. <laughs> so he takes me into the room where the Constitution, the original Constitution of Canada in St. John's was, was enacted. And he said to me there, watch what is happening. And man wrote down all of these great laws and things. And he said to me, he goes, I'm not finished writing. I'm not finished writing the Constitution over Canada. And I need my ecclesia, my governing ones, my church to finish that which was started in that room. Can we do that today? Can we do that today? Can we legislate the heart of the Father into this room? That is the, the heart of the Father. We sometimes sit passively back and we cry out to God, God, come and help us. But last week I mentioned that when Moses, when Moses was crying out to God, there came a point where God said, what are you crying out to me for? Remember that? He said, take the staff and you do what needs to be done. That's a picture. That's a picture of what God is bringing into the earth. The release of the true reigning uh, kings and priests, which is you. God is restoring our authority. That's why it says through the church, the manifold wisdom is being made known to principalities and powers. Not through God's ultimate return. No, no, no. Jesus is sat down. Listen, Jesus is sitting down until his enemies are made his footstool. That's happening as you start to realize what God gave you. Now, Steph had a prophetic vision here. Come on up, Steph. I love this. Let's just listen to this here. Uh, while we were worshiping, simultaneously, I saw two things happen. I saw these golden gates open wide, and I saw this terrifying, massive eagle dive to the ground and grab something. And what he was holding in his claws was this long staff with buds on the end and I knew right away it was a Moses staff and he goes flying over the crowd, this crowd of people that I'm standing in and he drops it. Now I caught one and it felt presumptuous so I'm like other people must have got it and I look around and there's eagles all over the place dropping these same staffs to people in the crowd but not everybody got one but a lot of people did so I just say God I want this I want this staff God When Casey first started to talk, he started to talk about, about the administration of the kingdom of heaven. Let's lean into that right now. The ecclesia, we're not going to teach on it, but it's, it's the governmental expression of heaven's representation on earth, legislating what will happen. And what will happen? What, what do we know already will happen? 
We know, and you can prophesy this right where you stand, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Come on. I want you to reflect on that right now, the inevitability of that thing. And I want you to see people. I want you to see in your mind's eye situations. I want you to see sickness. I want you to see barrenness. I want you to see those things that are not aligned with heaven. And saying, you will bow. Come on, barrenness, you will bow. Sickness, you will bow. Death, you will bow. Every knee will bow. Every tongue confess. Come on, we're prophesying. We know the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Every knee will bow. It's inevitable. It's coming. I hear the sound. I hear the sound. I hear the sound. I hear the sound of thunder. I hear the sound of the footsteps of my king. I hear the sound. Spruce Grove. Spruce Grove. Spruce Grove. Here. The sound of rattling chains. Hear the sound of liberty. Hear the sound of deliverance from depression, from suicide. Hey, 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 hey. Come on. This is prayer for our city. And if you need freedom, I want you to come and stand and begin to worship in the front. If there's something you're not getting that you need, come and worship here in the front. Come on, this is the church at work. Look, intercessors, we need your equity. I need the intercessors up here. We're hitting up against something. But I'll tell you what, we when we win this little skirmish, you know, it's been prophesied over Spruce Grove and it'll be an apostolic center. You're going to have to understand how authority works. You're going to have to understand how when the apostles come, signs and wonders follow them. So let's speak about it in natural terms. How many businessmen are in the room right now? Put your hand up. When you made that business, it became a legal entity. If you and the board members all show up in Nicaragua, your business has appeared in Nicaragua. You can have a legal meeting and legislate change. Make sense? This is natural. The government recognizes that as a legal individual and they tax that being. The same principle applies in the kingdom. If you show up at a meeting where the spirit of the Lord is and you actually show up, and there's enough quorum there, you legislate change in the area you have jurisdiction. The Lord is the Spirit. We go to where He is. He rarely comes to where we are. 
we can't call a meeting in Mexico and have the Lord show up because we decided it. He decides and we show up. This makes sense? Okay, that's what we're doing right now and you have a choice. If you haven't entered yet, this is what's happening now. Would you like to activate your will and participate? You're free to do it. But we're about to move forward, so make a decision. You see, everybody wants revival. We've been taught to lay on ha hands on the sick and they will recover. But what's the cause? Well, we all say, well, Jesus Christ. If you want sustained revival, signs and wonders will follow the governance of God. You know, I listened to the Asbury um, kickoff sermon. It was quite anticlimactic, actually. Even I could have preached that. It was Jesus loves you, come to him. And what happened was a spirit of repentance broke out. A contriteness broke out. But if we want sustained revival, you don't go after the miracle, you go after the miracle, which is the essence of the presence of God. If I can lay hands on you and you'll recover. But if we want sustained revival, we have to come into the understanding that we're in control. It's the agency of man. It's not the sovereignty of God. He left. He gave us work to do, which was to subdue, which was to govern, which was to rule, which is to reign. Now, we don't do that out of a natural mindset. We do that out of a mind of Christ. See, the reason we're getting pushback is I'm going after covenant. The reason Jesus had to manifest or God had to manifest as Jesus is that Jesus had to make a covenant with God, with the Father. See, we think, we think when Jesus died on the cross... He was thinking about us. No, he wasn't thinking about us. He was dealing with the covenant that Adam or the contract that Adam made with the devil. That's what he was doing. When he says it is finished, what he's saying is the power to enslave mankind is over. It's over. So why did Adam have to work before? Like, isn't the presence just about us soaking and just loving Jesus? You know, the Father spoke to me once. He says, there's a season to sit on my lap, and then there's a season to stand on my right hand and get some work done in the kingdom. And if you're here, and you need to sit on the Father's lap, and you need to be healed, then good. Do that. But that's not forever. He's asking the church and the reason we have the pro let me back up. I prophesied something about this nation. I said, we're entering the greatest days of this nation has ever seen. And I got off the stage and I thought to myself, you are such a moron. How is it that you could prophesy? Do you not see what is happening in this nation? I'm not going to get into the political realm and all of the mor morality issues and all of that. But what God was saying is there is a governing body that is going to be raised up in this hour to govern, to take control of the gates, to be an apostolic government. When, the, when God gave us the government, the apostles, prophets, teachers, and evangelists, he said, to, so that you may do the work of the ministry. And in my mind, that was always, well, you got to join the local church and whatever program that they are doing, you need to serve there. Mark alluded to it earlier. 
What is the administration? It's This troubled me for years because I was raised in the church and I took courses about spiritual gifts. And we use that gift, the administration, as somebody that does clerical work in an office. That's not the administration of the gospel. That's not the message of the kingdom. Now, yes, people who are administrative do clerical work and we need that. Somebody has to issue tax receipts. That's not the, that's, we're about the kingdom business. It is the administration. It is executing in the heavenly places what God has in store. And he needs a vessel. He needs an agency, a man. Like I said, it's this, this idea of sovereignty. It, we've misinterpreted it. That's why I use John 3.16. For God so loved the world, and we've made a religious application because it's been about our salvation. And it is about your salvation. To what end? To what end? To what purpose is it? So that you can be caught up in glory and sing with the angels and just bear and grin the fallen world, and then one day you get to rule and reign? in the kingdom of heaven no you better learn how to do it now i was standing on stage we had a national event and i said god i'm a revivalist let's just do revival let's just heal everybody and see everybody set free and i looked across and i said and i've been asked what is revival what is revival not the manifestation of revival and he said you are revival every single one is revival Revival isn't some goo that comes tomorrow. It's here right now. The question is, will it be sustained? The question is, will the atmosphere in this room permeate the entire region? And, the t- and we know that it will because the knowledge of the glory of God will fill the earth. All creation is looking for the manifest sons and daughters. Jesus was manifested. It was God manifested on earth. He's looking for the mature. Say, I'm the mature. I'm a son and a daughter. Well, not a son and a daughter, either a daughter or a son, but you got my point. And you're about the kingdom business. Well, what's the kingdom business? It's the apostolic gospel. Well, what's the apostolic gospel? It's the gospel of the kingdom. See, Jesus, 1 John 3, 8 says, I came, Jesus' mandate, your assignment is the same as Jesus' assignment. I came to destroy the works of the devil. Well, what are the works of the devil? Not you being demon-possessed. That's part of it, but that's not the entirety. That means that Jesus came to ratify a covenant in his blood to nullify the contract between mankind, Adam, and the serpent in the garden. You see, I feel the indignation of the Lord. I'll tell you what, he hates the religious spirit. He hates the religious spirit. All the devil does is teach you a whole bunch of rules and regulations. That's not the kingdom. That's religion. And it never gets you into eternal life. Adam was placed into eternal life before the fall. He lived forever. Eternal life is not some cloudy thing that happens to us when our mortal body dies. The fullness is 
Eternal life is here and right now. Amen? Here and right now. Selah. If you don't know what that means, it's a word from the Psalms. Whenever something significant happens and there needs to be a pause, it's a pause and consider. It's a reset moment. Have you ever been in a prayer meeting or in a worship service where the band is just golden they're just on and you can feel this acceleration and you can feel your heart being liberated your soul rising the intensity of the presence of God in the room rising sometimes somebody can pray and you're in the room and all of a sudden as they're praying all the hope all the expectation begins to be stirred and you think man I love it when that person prays. I love it when that band worships. I love it when that person sings. I love it when that person talks. The Lord says it's not meant for a few. And Steph's picture of these staffs being dropped into the room, those are for you. Those are for us. And the enemy wants to say, no, 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 you're, you're not worthy. You're too imperfect. Yeah, I am imperfect. Jesus said, agree with the accuser. Because you know what? He's pointing at something. He's right. You are selfish. You are broken. You are this. You are that. Doesn't matter, though. Your sonship is irrespective of your performance. And the more you realize that, the more your performance shifts. So grab a hold of that staff right now. I am a son. This is what Casey was saying. Say it. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I'm a child of the Most High. And that religious spirit said, who do you think you are to pray like that? Who do you think you are to begin to release angels? Well, you know what? Angels perform the word of the Lord and the word of the Lord comes out of me. Hello. The word of the Lord is in your mouth. It is near you in your mouth. And when you speak the word of the Lord, angels hasten to do his will. So what is the word of the Lord? Prophesy that all be saved, that all be freed, that all would come to repentance, that every knee would bow. You see, you don't even have to be a prophet to prophesy. Just speak what is inevitable. Start there. Start there. Don't back off. But it's time for the collective voice of the church to be heard. As much as it's great when that one super anointed guest speaker comes in and releases something and we all feel like we come up a level. I tell you, the greatest level I come up is when I hear the whole body released. When I hear you boldly declaring what God has spoken out of your mouth. Victory is in your mouth, Paul wrote. Victory is near you, not in heaven. It's near you, even in your mouth. I will be free from this doubt. I will be free from this depression. I will be free from the shadows. Somebody in here is about to break free from the shadows. 
from the shadows, about to be free. I say, let the chains be released in your life. Let the chains be released in your life. Let the chains be released. But I want to share a little something with you. When Jesus imagined a people, he wasn't imagining a time when you would have a piece of paper in your hand with the morning's agenda and you followed point by point the routine as it unfolded as according to that order of service. What he said instead was this. He said, the wind blows where it will and no one can tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who's born of the Spirit. See, when you get born again, you get a capacity to sense an invisible dimension of activity. And yeah, we can all get on the same page by having a piece of paper and saying the same things. But that's not really what Jesus imagined. Though that's a great starting point. But eventually you want to come up off the page to synchronize your life with the life next to you, to be in the spirit, to flow with that wind, to respond to that movement. And you may be here today, you may be thinking, I'm not sure I even know that that exists. I'm not sure I even ever have felt that. If that's available, I want that. Say that right now. If that's available, I want it. And if I felt a little bit of it, but not much, I want more. And if I felt a lot, but it's given, you know, touch and go in my life, I want it consistently. Father, we want to be people who are led by the Spirit. The sons are led by the Spirit of God. Where that movement, you know, like the birds, they, it's amazing. The birds, when they're flying, that, they just move on a dime. And they just, it's like, how do they know? How do they know? It seems so intuitive. This is the age of the sons of God. Where, where we're not just waiting for God to walk into the room. But literally, we're, we carry a presence. Charles Finney carried a presence. So when he walked into a room, God walked into the room. When he went through town on a train, God went through the town on a train. And that presence spilled out. This is the future to whosoever will, to whoever begins to believe that. And that's what we're appointed to. So we're going to sing this song in closing today. Something always changes when I praise your name, because our activity is meant to be synonymous with God's activity. Jesus said it this way. He said, said, listen, he said, uh, Thomas, uh, from this time forward, you're going to see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. From this time forward, you're going to, in other words, me and heaven are synonymous. And I'm doing this not because it's exclusive to me, but this is the example I leave with you. That you are the gate of heaven. That out of the kingdom of God is within you. That wherever you go, the kingdom goes. This is God's stated intention. This is his purpose. This is his plan. And we're about to enter a season when not ten, not a not hundred, Thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of believers all across the nations are going to begin to realize they're coming out of the darkness. They're coming out of the chains and the shackles of that demonic spirit. 
that says, who do you think you are? They say, I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I'm adopted. I'm one with God. I have his spirit within me. I will not be put down. Here it comes. Here they come. 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 Watch out, Africa. Here they come. Watch out, Asia. Here they come. Watch out, North America. Here they come. Watch out, Europe. Here they come. Out of the woodwork. Out of the caves. Regular people. Something always The Lord spoke to me many times, but just, just recently, right here. He said to me, community church won't be a tourist attraction. It's not a place to be entertained. It's a place to be engaged in. It's not a tourist attraction. This isn't an entertainment place. This is a place that hosts the presence of God. Amen. I believe what the prophet spoke about this place will come true. Now look. Mark doesn't know this. I, was pl- I had a whole plan this morning. Like, I had a whole plan. I got notes and notes and plenty of notes, but instead I'm up here screaming my head off. My t- kids say, Daddy, it's not a good look. It just happens. I hope you catch something with what the ministry of God has given to me around authority. Amen? But Mark doesn't know this, but when he said, things can change and turn on a dime, I brought you dimes. Who thought of a place that you get paid to come? Now, I'm not as rich as the last guy that was here that gave you money. But this is a prophetic declaration. On the one side of this dime, and the number 10, by the, mean, by the way, means um, completeness of divine order. Right? We're coming to an order in the body of Christ. Amen. So that's what the number 10 means. On the one side is the blue nose sail ship. That's a whole prophetic thing. You can look it up. I'm not going to get into it. But the ship, has to, the ship has to sail from out of the harbor, right? On the other side is the Queen of England. God wants to colonize the earth with the culture of the kingdom of heaven. So this is a reminder that you're in a turnaround. This is on a dime that you got to put up your sail and the rudder has to be put in the water. That's a whole other teaching. Yeah, you can open those, darling. And the other side is God wants to establish his kingdom reign here on earth. So we say, as it is in heaven, Lord, let it be on earth. Amen? Oh, I'm giving the dimes to you as a gift. Give them away. Everybody get a dime. There's prophetic significance in getting a dime, so come and grab one. Now, as we close the service, we're going to open it up for prayer. If anybody has prayer needs, do we have our prayer team here, Cam? Do we have our prayer team anywhere? If you want prayer, come and get prayer for healing, for barrenness, for, you know what? If you didn't get healed the first time, how many of you heard uh, Michelle's testimony a few weeks ago? 
She got healed of asthma here recently. It's been five weeks now without her puffer. Five weeks. She didn't get prayed for once. She leaned in when she didn't see it. She leaned in. So lean in today for what God has said he would give you. All right. Bless you all.